powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards on the show that is so strong and so disruptive, we may consider adding the Greek alphabet to our show. On today's program, my special guest live from Savannah, Georgia, is my good friend Dennis Duran, and we're going to be talking about his book, Soft as Steel, today. And I'm going to dive into the third side of my eight sides of self-model self-awareness. I'll be talking to you about that all today on Better Than Before, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology, and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant, it doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Better Than Before. My special guest today is Dennis Duran. And he successfully served the construction industry for over 30 years as a contractor, consultant, strategic trainer, facilitator, development coach, and a public speaker. He brings a multifaceted perspective to people and organizations. There are two words that have continued to follow Dennis and capture his passion, people and service. His message on the vital importance of developing and valuing soft skills is the leading topic of his seminars and the very essence of the message in his highly praised book, Soft as Steel, written to equip readers with the tools to be successful, not just in business, but in life and relationships. With his unique, entertaining, and dynamic style of presenting, Dennis invites audiences to ponder the fundamental strategic importance of soft skills, or as some people say, people skills, to building relationships, and making a substantial profit as a business. Everyone inside and outside of the construction industry has areas in need of improvement, and Dennis is dedicated to helping them understand this truth and, more importantly, guide them to a plan of action. Dennis Duran, my good friend, welcome to the program. 
Tony, thanks very much. It's really good to be with you. You bet. I'm so glad that you had time to, to visit with us today, and I appreciate you doing this. My pleasure. Absolutely. So how are things in Savannah? Savannah's well. It's, uh, it's, it's been quieter here as it is in most parts of the country in the last few months, but, uh, but, uh, but that quiet is, is okay. And uh, I've been enjoying uh, the freedom from airports for the last six plus months. You and me both, man. Yeah, absolutely. So it's given me some time to work on some, some small projects for myself and, uh, and get, ready to, get ready to move on as we go forward to work, which will be happening for a lot of us, all of us in the coming months. Well, here it is in late September, and you're saying the people in Savannah, Georgia, were a little restless because it was 60 this morning. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. a cold front coming through. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, listen, your book is outstanding. It's called Soft as Steel. And uh, it's all about your qualities and how they are a difference maker in your career. Tell us a little bit about what caused you to write the book and, and what were the general uh, driving forces behind it? Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been involved in the construction industry for a long, long time. And one of the things that I increasingly began to notice as I got older and, uh, and observed things a little more carefully was that uh, in, in, in all industries, uh, it seems that folks uh, go about doing their jobs, know what their jobs are, generally get them done. Uh, but often, and particularly on a, on a busy construction work site, uh, there's a lot of people around, there's a lot of things going on, and, uh, and they, don't, they don't notice that there are other people there. They notice other workers. Uh, and, uh, and so sometimes if a, if a question or comment gets directed in one direction or another, uh, people either don't respond or they respond with a, with a biting uh, remark, uh, frankly, just demonstrating that uh, they don't recognize that they're part of, of a business uh, that involves working together. Uh, and working together me implies other people. And other people means if you're going to work with them, you have to build relationships with them. And the only way to go about doing that successfully is to first understand yourself. Uh, and then once with that degree of self-understanding, uh, be interested in enough, care enough to get to know the people that you work with and you work for. So they have an opportunity for that relationship to produce great results. And the results can be measured in something as simple uh, and straightforward as, uh, as liking to go to work or happiness. Um, but from a business standpoint, and this is, I talk about soft skills with a fair amount of energy and, and commitment over the years. Uh, I remind my audiences that uh, the reason I'm talking to you about this is not because I just think it's a great thing to talk about and it's important. I'm talking to you about it because it's important to the financial success of your business. Because if you're in a business, you serve people. They're called customers. They're called projects. And in order to be successful and make money doing it, you have to treat them well. And if you forget to treat them well, uh, they may not be your customer again. So, uh, so this is very much a business issue. It's not simply an issue of human relations. Uh, I was moved to write the book, quite frankly, uh, having reached a point where my mentor, a gentleman who has uh, written a number of, of best-selling books on leadership, his name is Steve Farber. I love to mention him because he's a, been a tremendous influence and a power to me. Uh, he and I were having a conversation about uh, my passion around this topic. And he said, uh, you need to write a book. You need to share your message with others. Uh, so that's what got me to write the book. And, uh, 
And I just want to add a couple of thoughts that the, the approach I took to the book was not simply to put together 120, 30 or 40 pages of just my ideas, my, my feelings, my viewpoint. Uh, what I did to, to produce this book was I interviewed a cross section of individuals covering all generations in the construction industry. Uh, I surveyed them to help me identify uh, what I refer to as soft skills or more specifically qualities because frankly soft skills aren't skills per se. Some people think when they think soft skills, they think about people skills, which is a term for them, or they, they go right to talking about communication. And communication is a critical skill. Uh, it is the skill that allows an individual uh, to get to know people and to be able to communicate in words what their qualities are, what their soft skills are. So I interviewed people, I, I surveyed them, got some results on the top 20 qualities or soft skills. And then I asked them in, in structured interviews, a series of questions. Uh, and as an example, I asked the question, if someone were to ask you what emotional intelligence is, what would you say? Uh, notice I didn't ask them to define it. I simply said, what would you say? Uh, all these interviews were recorded and transcribed. Uh, so in the book, uh, it is replete with uh, quoted content from the individuals I interviewed. Uh, and there is no, no names mentioned in association with the quotations, but what is mentioned is the generation of the person who spoke the words. Uh, so this book is about the things that I learned about soft skills and why they're so important, uh, not really just my ideas. Uh, and I think that's, a, that's an important difference and something that I think is the reason why the book as has been read by folks inside and outside the industry has gotten such, such good reception is because I, I, I'm, I'm talking to them conversationally and there are a number of stories in the book that help to illustrate what, why these qualities were important to the people I talked to. Well, I'm glad you brought up Steve Farber, and I'm sure our audience is familiar with Steve. He's the founder and CEO of the Extreme Leadership Institute in San Diego, and he said, it's rare to find a body of work that is simultaneously inspirational and practical, tried and true and innovative, conventionally wise and packed with original research. Don't squander the opportunity to learn from the best in your field. And he's talking about your book, Soft as Steel. Now, I'm glad you brought up emotional intelligence, because I want to ask you, um, I've worked with my clients on this for years, but what do you think emotional intelligence has to do directly with making a profit? Well, it's, it's uh, I, the simple answer is this. Emotional intelligence is all about recognizing the fact that we as human beings are by our very nature and by the way our brains are wired, emotional individuals. Uh, uh, you've often heard the, 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 the phrase that, uh, uh, that emotion clouds judgment. Well, there's a reason for that. And in a very simple sense, the reason is that the brain, the way our brain is wired as the electrical signals come into our brain from our senses, uh, as we experience our life moment to moment, um, they pass through the part of the brain that controls emotions. Uh, so if we're not having a great day, if we're angry, upset, uh, distracted, or otherwise feeling uh, some sort of emotion, it does in fact uh, make it more difficult for us to think rationally. Um, and good business people are people that, that have a combination of soft skills and hard skills. And the hard skills are all about making the right decisions, about uh, thinking about the correct price for a product, how to promote it, how to put together the team to serve a customer, all this range of different things, which re what requires good, thorough thinking, problem solving, 
cooperation, coordination, et cetera. Uh, and if uh, you're not in a good state of mind emotionally, uh, all those things become that much more difficult. And therefore the bottom line is if you're not aware of emotions, both yours and, and, the, and those of other people that you're interacting with moment to moment as you go about your, your daily life, uh, then the chances are that you're not gonna have an opportunity or seize the opportunity to get the best results in every situation you encounter. And if you start to accumulate bad results, that turns into bad things for your business. And if it's in relationships with people outside your business, then you could become a very lonely person in time. You know, uh, Dennis, I, I've watched this over the years. I want to see if you've made a similar observation, but I've seen situations where all things being equal, there might be five or six things about somebody that a person generally wouldn't like. But if that person has good emotional intelligence, they can salvage that relationship. But, Absolutely. But if they have five or six things that are are different or are opposed to a person and they've got bad emotional intelligence, they don't have a prayer of having a relationship with that person. Uh, I, I absolutely agree. You know, and, there, and there's a great uh, current example in, uh, in, in public life right now that, that addresses that very point. And that is the conversations that are taking place uh, in the aftermath of the, of the passing of our Supreme Court uh, justice um, and uh, talking about her relationship with uh, her fellow uh, uh, justice, Anton Scalia. Uh, and they were polar opposites. There were a number of things that they didn't like about each, other, about, about each other in very deep and significant ways based on their view about the, of the law. Uh, but they were very, very close friends because they, without perhaps recognizing it or labeling it, what they did very successfully was that they were aware of themselves uh, which is a critical part of, of emotional intelligence, but they were also aware of each other. Uh, and uh, they focused on the, the qualities of one another that, uh, that gave them uh, joy and happiness uh, and, uh, and longevity in their relationship, rather than focusing on the things that they didn't like about each other. Uh, they were able to, to use the term that uh, out, of a, out of a book that I think is one of the better books written on emotional intelligence, the term is used is, is to say that they mutually managed their relationship. Yes. Uh, they, uh, and, 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 and in doing that, the result was, you know, again, the, the old phrase, would you rather be right or happy? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so they chose happiness, uh, had a wonderful uh, relationship uh, through, their, through their adult lives, working side by side. Uh, but there were there were significant things they didn't like about each other. I think it's a great current example of exactly what I would say you're talking about, and I agree with. I tell you, people are going to get a lot out of this particular uh, interview with Dennis today. But if you don't get anything else, you get the last five minutes or so. You got a lot out of today's program. Now you use this GTY, this greater than yourself. Tell me about what that is. Greater than yourself is uh, is a topic that I that I enjoy talking about. It's based on one of Steve Farber's works, a book entitled "Greater Than Yourself," and it and the, and the basic philosophy of this is that it, the great leaders, uh, in order to be successful uh, and to provide the greatest opportunities for the people they lead, uh, they take on individuals uh, with a goal of making that individual greater than themselves. And it was doing everything they can to help that person develop every aspect of who they are as a person, um, all of their qualities, uh, helping, helping them understand 
how to take on and be successful in meeting challenges, seizing opportunities, uh, with the with the goal being that, and he refers to them in his book, he refers to them as a GTY project. Uh, so great leaders take on projects and the projects are individuals and they're people that they want to, they want to help become greater than, than themselves. Uh, and he wrote a book on it. Uh, the, it's a very easy book to read. It's a wonderful thought process. And it really is speaking to what some other folks would refer to as mentoring relationships or coaching relationships. It simply says that, that people that have experience, uh, that, uh, that are leaders, uh, the, the way they demonstrate the fact that leaders, uh, in my view, and this is just my opinion, uh, leaders who are great leaders or Steve, Steve's term is extreme leaders, uh, they, those are leaders who feel and recognize that they have a, a, an obligation to serve the people that they lead, not simply to provide leadership, which is so important, particularly as it relates to motivation and inspiration, which are the two crowning aspects of, of truly great leaders. Uh, but their, 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 their best legacy is for them to, to help other people become great. I've always made the distinction in my practice it's a subtle difference between the four main skills a person should have if they're going to be involved with others and that's managing leading coaching and mentoring and like i said there's subtle differences between all four and you talk about something called high impact mentoring and leading and helping team members grow Give our audience a little bit of the framework that you would use or a, uh, how would you go about telling a, a manager or a leader some best practices as far as getting their team uh, on the growth track? Yeah, well, you know, the, it, it's, it's when I th when I think about, you know, taking a, a typical uh, middle manager. Uh, who has been identified as someone who has potential for greater responsibility, for growth, for, uh, for, uh, uh, for elevation in, in his uh, role in the success of a business. Um, the high impact issue uh, is to help that manager uh, take, take stock in themselves, uh, understand themselves. Uh, I, I'm an advocate. I'm not, I, don't, uh, I don't get commissions for talking about different things, but I'm an ab advocate of the use of some of the better, more widely used behavioral assessment tools and other kinds of tools that provide e even great tools on measuring a person's level of emotional intelligence to provide individuals with what I view as being essentially a set of facts about themselves. Um, you can tell someone that they're this, 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 and this, and, and out of 10 items, nine may be positive. Uh, if they retain them all terrifically, that'd be terrific. But in some cases, it just kind of washes over them and they forget what they've learned. But if you show them, if you say, well, I want you to take this behavioral assessment, let's kind of see what your personality style is. Uh, and see what this instrument tells us. Um, and it allows you then to focus in, use some facts rather than simply some observations, some opinions or what have you, but use some facts uh, to put together a framework so they can see here are, here are my, my qualities, also known as strengths. Here are the areas that I need to, to work on to try to improve, also known as weaknesses. Uh, and then the high impact issue is, is, is to focus on the, the negatives uh, in a supportive, constructive way to help to mitigate 
them over time uh, and continue to remind the individuals as you work with them in the mentoring relationship to remind the individual about their positives, uh, to, uh, to praise them for their positives, uh, to, to use those as the energizers so that when you talk about the constructive opportunities for growth, uh, that they have the opportunity to absorb that uh, and, and, it, and mentoring if done in a proper way uh, includes one very, very simple, as does coaching, uh, one very simple interaction between you and the other person. And that is the giving of feedback, the giving and receiving of feedback. Uh, and if that's done in a proper way, and there is are many things written about it, it's a very simple uh, tool to use. But if it's done in a proper way, it's motivational. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the key ingredients in trying to have an impact on an individual, uh, particularly someone that you're trying to develop uh, to reach their greatest potential, uh, is that you have to you have to find ways throughout the relationship, maybe maybe moment to moment, session to session, week to week or what have you, you have to find a way to make sure that you, that you maintain focus and then that how you go about giving them feedback, helping them learn, giving them some direction is done in a style that is motivating to them. Because uh, without motivation, the, the attention, the focus, the interest in trying to do the hard work to shore up the weaknesses while trying to, to maintain a focus and, and feel good about the positives becomes much more difficult. You know, Dennis, I, for years, I've worked with CEOs and executive uh, team leaders uh, as my primary clients, but very often I'll get a group of high potentials. You just mentioned that, you know, someone thinks you have a lot of uh, potential inside the company. So I'll get a group of them as a peer group and work with them separately. And I was with such a group this morning and I was telling them, you know what, the good news is that somebody very high up in this company thought that you would be good to be in this class. Now, to advance in the company, though, the bad news is what you're going to have to learn is pretty difficult. And mm -hmm. what I'm talking about are all the things that we've been discussing on the soft skills side, right? And mm -hmm. so I know that you agree with me that soft skills are hard to learn, but I'd like your thoughts about why that is. Well, yeah, uh, and I think I've probably used a phrase like that either in a as a, as a topic for an article or in in passing because they really are hard to learn. Uh, everybody gets, uh, you know, without any really discussion or explanation, gets the idea that in order for you to be to that to have a job. Uh, and the job is to do something, and I'll keep it simple. I'll stay. I'll stay in the construction industry. Um, let's say that you, you know, you're you're someone who is a great carpenter, um, and uh, you do tremendous, you know, uh, finished carpentry work. Uh, people just think, look, look at your work, and say, oh, we can tell that Bob did that. Just, I mean, that's Bob's work, and look, look how great that work is. Um, and but they, then they go on to say, but you know, Bob is a Bob is a really difficult guy to get along with. You know, so so he does great work, but but we have to kind of isolate him from everybody else because he he really doesn't have any interest in understanding that he's got to get along with people to be successful in the long term. That's speaking to Bob's lack of soft skills um, in in many industries. Uh, the focus is on production, productivity, completion of tasks, completion of project, all schedule, budget, all these types of things, which are which are vitally important. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you don't if you don't do a great quality job on whatever your product or service is that you deliver to your customers, they're not going to continue to be your customers. Uh, but in my view, frankly, that's the easy part. Um, you know, Steve tells a great story, and I'll just I'll just I'll just 
do three sentences worth of. He talks about someone who is a, a network engineer in the, in the telecommunications industry. Uh, and this guy is, uh, is talking to his subordinates and says, you know what, you know, you know, we want our we want our customers to to love us. We want them to love us so much that if we go in and we do some work, and five minutes after we leave, the building blows up, they're not going to be upset because they just love us. They love they love us being there. They love talking to us. They love how we work with them, and they're not going to really care about the fact the building blew up. Now, again, that's not literally correct, but the point is, and this is my phrase and the way I I, I say it often uh, and and with emphasis that what's really important in order to be able to again, have the ability to build and maintain and sustain over a long-term successful relationships, to be as, as successful as possible in whatever your chosen path, career, or way of being of service to others in the business world is, you have to be very conscious of not, it's not about who you are or what you do. You have to be very conscious of how you are. That's all speaks to soft skills. That means the how is, how, how you express yourself, how you use your facial expression, your body language. Uh, it's the equation uh, that produces uh, the, the ultimate simple operational definition of what integrity is. Integrity is doing the things you say you were going to do. So your words and your actions uh, taken together are what makes you a person that people wanna have a relationship with, wanna work for, work with uh, over, over a long-term period of time uh, in, in many industries. We do not value this notion of how you are. We value this notion of getting the job done, uh, you know, beating the budget, uh, you know, cutting corners in some in some quadrants, which is a horrible thought, but it's done. Not, you know, it's you know, you, you need to do a really great quality job. But I want if I ask the customer, you know, how the job went, I wanted the customer to say to you, you know what, they did a great job, and they were really they they, they didn't interrupt anybody. Uh, we hardly knew what they were here. Uh, every time somebody stopped by to see what was going on, uh, one, of the, one of the guys, if he wasn't doing something, he stopped, said hello to us. All those kinds of things which speak to the kinds of skills and interests that a person needs to have in order to be able to be more successful and, again, to be able to be a person that you want to be around. I love it. Such, such great stuff. Tell me a little bit about taking the radical leap. What's that all about? That's uh, again. I, you know, again, I'm I'm a I'm a facilitator in Steve's uh, uh, institute, which is called the Extreme Leadership Institute. Uh, the radical leap refers to uh, what was talked about in his very first book, that was called the Radical Leap. Uh, leap is an acronym. Uh, it represents the four principles of what Steve refers to as extreme leadership, which. He goes on to explain very quickly whenever he gives a talk or interacts with folks is not really extreme. It simply is the way leaders ought to be. He's a big believer in love uh, and that there's a place for love in business. So the first letter in LEAP is represents love. The second uh, is for energy, which love generates. The third is for audacity because his view, and I agree with this, obviously, uh, since I follow his principles very closely. Um, you know, there, you know, some people talk about out of the box thinking. Well, in Steve's view, and I, again, I align with this, there is no box. Um, we will be, need to be willing to take risks and do things differently. Uh, and if we do the right kinds of things differently in this audacious way, and that's what the A stands for, the last letter is P, proof. So if you're a business, if you love what you do, uh, if you're energetic, if you're audacious, the proof is the bottom line. 
Um, in, in Steve's first book, there is a, a set of phrases that I think is one of the most wonderful set of phrases I've read. I, 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 it's my mantra on a day-to-day -day basis and it, and it goes just like this. Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. I, don't, I can't think of a business, a calling, uh, you know, whether it's profit-making or non-profit-making, that if they use those three thoughts together, uh, would not enjoy uh, great, great success in business, great happiness in life. Uh, I mean, I just, it, it, to me, it's just so powerful. Um, and, the, and Steve, in his first book, tells, tells, uh, talks about these principles of leadership by telling stories. Uh, and so it's a wonderful read. Uh, the, the workshop that, uh, that I do using uh, Steve's body of work is, uh, is an experience that uh, most recently an executive came up to me after I did the workshop and said to me, you know, and he's known me for a number of years. He said, Dennis, he's, I, you know, I always enjoyed listening to you talk. Your workshops are good. He said, but this workshop is absolutely the best workshop I have ever gone to. Uh, and coming from this guy, that was a that was a high form of compliment. Uh, but again, it's because it just speaks to uh, the, the way of talking about things that are that seem, you know, interesting. Maybe to some people seem a little abstract, but they're just just frankly just so fundamental uh, to uh, to a better way of uh, of demonstrating you're caring about people, conducting yourself on a day to day basis. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's also, if you will, if you'll indulge me to say, there's also a spiritual element to a lot of what I believe and what I talk, uh, talk about. Because uh, again, at the end of the day, um, this whole notion of what soft skills are all about, your qualities are good things about you. They're not, they're not your, your weaknesses. They're good things about you. Uh, and, and good people, uh, people that do good things on a day-to-day -day basis in their working life and their personal lives, they have the opportunity uh, each day to make the kinds of decisions that produce great results. And at the end of the day, uh, they can look back at their day and be satisfied that they did the best they could do. Uh, and that usually brings a smile to a person's face and, and also some happiness. Well, Dennis, you know, there there's a lot of topics on people's minds today, maybe more topics than have been in quite some time. We got a lot going on in our country right now. The thing I want to know from you, though, is in regards to the COVID-19 pandemic, what do you think comes after? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I do, I've, I've been doing a little workshop. The title of the workshop is uh, When the Crisis Ends, What's Next? Um, and so, you know, in my, in my view, um, uh, as I'm living through this, as you are, as, as you are living through it uh, and, and others, um, there, there are basically two ways we can, we can look to the future. We know there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty around all of this. There's just, there's no historical basis to figure out how we're going to exit this, what the exit's going to look like, when it's going to come. I'm, I'm getting an airplane for the first time uh, in a week uh, since this whole thing started. I'm doing it with some trepidation. Uh, but I do know uh, that, uh, that, that one of the things which is going to be fundamental uh, and that is for people, people in all walks of life, and I'll just, but I'll focus on people in business, uh, what, whatever their business is, some aspect of their business is going to have to be reinvented. Um, they're going to have to think about how do we serve our customers uh, in, in ways that we did not even have to think about before. Uh, so this notion of reinventing is a concept that's going to come into, into wide use. We're going to have to accept 
the fact that, that how we communicate with people, how we identify people we need to talk to, how we make connections, build connections, build relationships is going to include the active use of technology. Uh, again, we're doing this, this recording uh, using Zoom. Uh, Zoom is, uh, is now a permanent part of the communication uh, a permanent part of the, of, the, of the communication tools that we have in order to be able to be successful in conducting our business. Uh, we have to be willing, uh, and I say, when I say we am referring generationally, we have to be willing to reinvent ourselves to, to not only adapt, but embrace and energetically learn how to use all of the tools that are available to us, including things like Zoom, in order to be able to continue existing relationships and also to build uh, the future of new relationships and look for all the good things that can come out of how we go about using the tools and the technology. And, and, and lastly, simply recognize uh, that, um, that this, this will end what the end looks like is yet to be fully described or, or the timing of it is yet to be known, but it will end. Um, and so we will, and, and people will say, when, when, when we go back to work, uh, I prefer, and again, from another uh, leadership author, uh, the notion of, him, of them saying, we're not going back to work, we're going forward to mm -hmm. work. Yes. We're visiting with Dennis Duran. He's a leading expert in the construction industry. More than 30 years of experience. He's also the author of the book we've been talking about, Soft as Steel, which focuses on the vital importance of developing and valuing soft skills. And Dennis, uh, I have a list of 12 quick, quick hitting questions that I ask every guest who comes on the show. So I'd like to run you through my little uh, 12 question list, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. My All pleasure. right. Number one, what is the best memory that comes to mind for you? Uh, the, the day I, the day I met my uh, younger son's uh, uh, puppy black lab. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, his, the, the black lab's name is tank. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you, anybody knows me knows I'm a dog lover. I have two rescues. So mm -hmm. who's the number one hero in your life? Uh, I would, I would have to uh, stick with this, 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 the same related response. My, uh, my younger son. Oh yeah. What's his name? His name is Chris Christopher. Awesome. What's the top value you subscribe to? Uh, honesty. Who's the most important person in your life? Um, two people. And again, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record. My, uh, my two sons, uh, Al Christopher and Alex. Alex. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Playing golf. <laughs> well, you live in a good part of the country for it. That, that's one of the reasons I moved here. <laughs> What's your favorite food, Dennis? Anything Asian. All right. Most beautiful place you've ever been to? Paris, France. That's interesting. What, why, why was that? Or what, what struck you about it? Uh, the architecture, the, uh, the, just the whole atmosphere of Paris, and then getting out into the countryside and seeing uh, the gardens where some famous painters painted some of their most famous works. It was just, uh, it was breathtaking. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Service. How do you want to be remembered? As a good person uh, who tried hard and, uh, and cared about people. If you could go back and talk to a younger Dennis, what would be the advice you would give him? Work harder in school. What's your favorite sound? 
uh, a well hit <laughs> well hit <laughs> golf ball. <laughs> there is a sound to it. Yeah, there, there is. There is, man. <laughs> and then finally, what's the best lesson you've learned? The best lesson I've learned is to uh, is to is to know what you don't know, uh, and uh, and then treat people really well with what you do know. Wonderful, great job, Dennis. Listen, I'm sure there are people out there have uh, listened to this 30 minutes here that we've enjoyed sitting just talking with one another, and they'd like to know more about you. How can they find out more about you and and your book and and everything? Well, they can they can find out more about me and my book just by visiting my website, which is uh, Dennis Doran Speaking. So it's D E N N I S D O R A N Speaking dot com, uh, and on that website you can. If you're interested in chatting with me, uh, there's a there's a link that you can click on and, and get an get a time on my schedule. I'd be happy to talk to any anybody that wants to talk to me, and if they want to send me an email, they would send that to Dennis D Doran at gmail.com. Well, listen, Dennis, I'm sure we'll cross paths somewhere along the line, uh, and if we don't, well, I'll just come on down to Savannah for a trip. How would that be? That'd be awesome. Bring the dogs and golf clubs. Yes, I, I, I've already put the list together in my head. Dennis <laughs> Duran, the book is Soft as Steel. I recommend you get it. Dennis, thanks so much for doing this today, okay? My absolute pleasure, Tony. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks. Keep it here. We've got more on Better Than Before right after this. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and we've been walking through week by week on our show the eight sides of self model that I created a few years ago to use in client engagements. And we're on the third side of self, which is self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is an important component of emotional intelligence. And because it is, it's simply impossible to get any traction with emotional intelligence without improving your self-awareness. As a matter of fact, there are skill sets that build upon each other. And unless you build upon the first skill set, you can't build the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. In fact, I have long maintained that self-awareness is the number one CEO skill. Because as you strive to have greater emotional intelligence, you find that self-awareness is a circular and cumulative process that is never fully achieved. Every day you live and work, New experiences and new challenge 
present themselves, and so do new opportunities to learn something about yourself. As you progress through your life, each of these learning opportunities can build on each other. This cumulative learning is really important to your success. Now, you may have noticed people who go through life and they never seem to learn from their mistakes. You may look at them and go, you're doing that again? I would have thought you would have learned your lesson by now. Well, learning lessons is all part of building your emotional intelligence. See, they don't connect how one experience leaks to another experience. Self-awareness helps prevent this from happening to you, but only if you process what you're receiving and you keep storing away and learning the lessons. This processing and linking of life experiences into ever-increasing lessons is the foundation of increasing your wisdom. It's this very powerful difference in living one year of experience 30 times versus having 30 years of experience to pull from in your advantage. Self-awareness, operating at a very high level, is like having a self-coach sitting on your shoulder and whispering into your ear when you're headed for trouble or success. This self-coach is feeding you tips, suggestions, praise, and techniques so you can be more and more successful or less and less a failure. This self-coach cares about your performance and your success and is totally committed to making you better. As you build self-awareness, you're increasing the skills, energy, and expertise of your own self-coach. Self-awareness as an emotional intelligence skill is very much the same as what the steering wheel is to your vehicle. You're driving the vehicle, but without a functioning steering wheel, your vehicle's out of control. The same can be said about your self-awareness skills. With them, you can steer towards success, but without them, you can often be out of control as far as your own direction is concerned. The ability to recognize your strengths, weaknesses, emotions, drive, and other effects on others is being able to experience emotionally tough situations and being able to return to an acceptable state. What you do and what you say has an impact on other people. High self-awareness enables you to anticipate how they will feel in certain situations so you can have better control over yourself. This gives you clarity for thoughtful decisions. When you have low self-awareness, your emotions overwhelm you and you have no ability to anticipate your reactions to these events. And this sets you up for more conflict and for more being overwhelmed and stress comes more easily to you. Better self-awareness sets you up for better interactions with others. And one way you can develop better self-awareness is if you start paying attention to how you're feeling during every moment during every day. If you recognize and remember those feelings, you can store them away and you can do better next time. Now, when you take time to reflect on events during the day and you journal, this is going to even push you to higher levels of self-awareness. Before long, you'll start to recognize patterns in yourself and rhythms within yourself, and you'll begin to recognize what you will do even when those situations aren't happening so you can counteract those situations when they do happen. Now, why would we ever want to do this? Well, the best reason I can think of is that having a high self-awareness quotient 
is allowing you to respond positively to situations rather than being on autopilot or being out of control. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and you can follow our company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, the chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.